Hi guys, my name is Girish Bally, the host for Back to Basics. Today I have a guest. I'm a little excited about this. Now, we're talking about Hindu mythology. Now, I know it's a very, very boring topic, but then you know what? This person, this author, has made it more, I should say, more creative to be more enjoyable and more interesting on the stories. And we'll tell you who the audience that she has actually resonated with. We're going to talk to you about that in basics, but I don't want to tell anything else. But keep this in mind. I'm going to read this, what I wrote down. Myths aren't a fairy tale or a legend. They're an honest attempt to explain mysteries of different, different stories. Now, mythology is not a lie. Mythology is a poetry of how to express. Now, that's what we're trying to do here in this show. Bhakti, thank you for coming on my show, and uh, thanks for coming on my show on For Back to Basics. Hi, Girish. Thank you for inviting me. I'm delighted to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. So the first thing is first, before we get into the basis of uh, the topics and, and discussion today, what does Back to Basic mean to you? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think for me, Back to Basics is being myself. Hmm. Um, is having integrity and uh, being honest uh, and being simple. Yeah. Sometimes we tend to forget that, you know, simplicity is kind of needed in this world, not because the, the times we're going through, but I think it should have been like this forever, but it looks like we make it so complicated, we forget. Am I right? Yes. I think as human beings, we have this great capability of uh making things more complicated than they need to be yeah and uh it's fairly simple to keep things simple but i think we forget that yeah yeah so bhakti th thank you for coming on my show to make this brighter for for both of us and for actually for me especially for me so the reason why i bought you on this on this show is i saw your work and i saw the books that you came up with okay and let me give you some few examples of some titles and and images up here and there are many more there's definitely many more and i've only picked three okay um it's actually audience is your kids or kids in general is that correct so well yes and no um the i mean i started these books for my kids when they were quite young they were three and one years old and uh, holy was around the corner Mm. you know, the Indian Festival of Colors. And I wanted to get a book for my older one mm. to tell him how the festival is celebrated. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't really find anything that I liked. So I had this Eureka moment where I said, you know, I want to write a book. And I was sitting with my husband and he said, uh, you know, just do it. And uh, it sounded like a Nike ad at that time. But, you know, it really um, gave me the impetus to start. And so that's how it started. Mm. But, you know, obviously a three-year-old is not going to buy a book. Or so the uh, purchasers are parents and grandparents, mm -hmm. you know, and uncles and aunts. And, uh, you know, the feedback, and I've been very fortunate to get uh, fantastic feedback. And the feedback that most parents give me is that these books have sort of brought them in touch with the stories that they grew up hearing from their parents and grandparents. And as you know, in India, there's such a huge tradition of oral storytelling. Yes. There's... Um, over the years, because of nuclear families, both parents working, uh, it's somewhere gotten lost. Yeah. And 
I'm so happy to hear when parents say that it's brought them those memories back and they're using these books to tell their kids about these festivals. Mm. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's very um, heartening to hear that I've somewhere been able to create a special moment between a parent and a child. So Bhakti, thank you for that. So is it fair to say what I said in the beginning of the show is that uh, mythology is more of a fairy tale versus a history? Is that fair to say that? Um, you know, for me, when I look at mythology, I mean, there are two parts to it. So one is if you take our epics of the Ramayana and the Mahabharat. Yes. I think there's a lot of history because the authors who wrote it, for them to have written that, of course, they had a very creative mind, but there also must have been a thriving civilization at that point of time where, th- where these things were happening. So, for example, in Mahabharat, two sets of families fighting over property, fighting, yes. creating a war, you know, there being greeds. So I'm sure these were all present and that, you know, we all know that our civilization goes back thousands and thousands of years. Sure. So I certainly think there's an element of history. Mm. And there's also certainly an element of imagination, which is a fairy tale bit. Yeah. So I think I'd say it's a combination of both. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Bhakti, now, you know, I, I want to tell a, a small story, if you don't mind. So it's a very small one. So many years ago, uh, many moons ago, I, I I was telling, my my wife was telling a story to my son about a mythology story. Whatever the story it was. I don't remember the book, but I do remember the the incident, Okay. So she was explaining about a girl and a boy and a lady and a man about something. You know, she actually asked a question to my son saying, do you understand the story? And you know what his answer was? His answer was, why is the girl not wearing slippers? (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? So, So the kids nowadays, it looks like they're more visual versus an actual story. You think this is the process of how you came up with this uh, concept? More visual than versus a story itself? That's a good question. So my kids were, you know, as I said, they were quite young, three and one. And for me, it was very important to tell the story the way I wanted to. But more importantly, I wanted the words to be depicted by this visual imagery, which would excite them. Because, you know, a two or three year old, most of them, they can't even read probably. So what would attract them first would be colors, pictures. And through that, you know, hopefully they'd ask the parents questions or to become easier for the parents to narrate the stories. So I was very lucky to find a fabulous illustrator who's worked with me now on 13 books, which the series has, the Amma Tell Me series. Mm-hmm. And her name is Malshi Somani. Mm-hmm. And at the time that I met her, almost a decade back, uh, she had just left Walt Disney. She used to work with them. Okay. And she had branched out on her own. So I've been very fortunate that uh, she's really been able to understand what I wanted to portray. And uh, I think she's been able to uh, really express my words in colors. And you are right. I think it's very important for children to be excited by pictures because that's what they understand first. Yeah. You know, in the age group of sort of, let's say, two to six or two to eight. And of course, as they become middle graders, then the story entices them. And, you know, they think children's books are for, or picture books are for kids and they feel all grown up. Right. But for this age group, for sure, it's yeah. illustrations. So so back in maybe, I don't know how many uh, years ago, but there was a comic uh, which I found, okay, regarding mythology in a different way, in a twisted way. 
it was by uh, Deepak Chopra and uh, uh, Shekhar Kapoor. It was a, a comic called Virgin Comics. I don't know if you've heard of that. But if you if you Google it, I have bought almost all of the comics because it 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 resonated with me in a many different way. I mean, it showed Shiva as not as a god, but as a person, as a warrior. Uh, Sita as not as a as a princess or whatever, but more as a warrior. You know, those type of things, and it, it made it into a comic book, like a Superman comic book or a Batman comic book. Uh, so that was very cool from my point of view as a teenager point of view. <laughs> and then this one here, now you're, you know, roping in like little kids to make that understand. So I think it's very creative the way you did that. And I, and I thank you for that creativity. Thank um, you. Yeah. So what's, what's next uh, for you? Because it seems like you've done so much and I, and I'm looking at your website and, and sorry, I'm not looking at you, but there's one there's one here which uh obviously holy's one diwali's one ramayan's one krishna's one and how krishna fought the demon uh there are many many small small stories do you how far is too far for you so you know um yeah as you're probably aware we have about we have 200 million gods and goddesses in That's india right. so you know i have a good problem i'm never going to run out of topics so right now the series has 13 books. And as you said, they're on the major festivals. And then I have a trilogy on Krishna and Hanuman, uh, who's my favorite god. Um, I, you know, so I have just started the uh, 10 avatars of Vishnu right now. Mm. So I'm working that. So I don't have a number in mind for the series. It's uh, really, um, you know, what I want to tell my children. They're much older now. Yeah. But, you know, they're the main driving force. And I started another series um in 2017, that's about four years back with Penguin, which is for uh, middle school, middle grade, about nine to 13 year olds. And that's uh, called Amma Take Me, which is a travelogue of a mother and her kids as she travels to different places in India. And the idea is to explain the different religions and faiths that we have through their places of worship, yeah. through the monument. Yeah. Uh, so I travel with my husband and my kids and the books are based on the questions that my kids actually ask me. Yeah. So we, there's a book on the Golden Temple, on Shirdi, on Tirupati, on the Darga of Selim Chishti and Taj Mahal is coming next. So this was a very exciting project because I hadn't been to many of these places. Sure. And it's fascinating what my children are. So this is another series which is continuing. So and we'll see where it goes, but it's been it's been a great learning experience. Yeah, so I, I'm going to get to that question, but I want to tell my viewers and my listeners about something here. So, guys, you have to understand, mythology is a Hindu mythology that we're talking about here. Now, there might be other mythologies that maybe we never really tapped into, and this is what we did. We're tapping into a Hindu mythology. Now, the world is so big but yet is so small. We need to understand each and every culture around us. You know, the word that we were, uh, we use at, at the workplace is called diversity. Well, we're trying to use our diversity in a fun way. And that's what Bhakti did. We're trying to diversify the whole world and make it fun. Why not make it one a fun and simple? And that's what we're trying to do on this Back to Basics here. So Bhakti, so is it, really that complicated uh 
to explain to people about mythology because a lot of people they say you know what this god has eight uh eight arms and ten <laughs> heads and how do you explain to them that it's not really a physical uh the physical thing it's actually more of that they have a, a knowledge of ten heads or uh strength of ten arms or eight arms how do we explain that? Is that what you're trying to do to explain and make awareness to people? Um, so my aim was really to share with my kids the stories that I grew up hearing. It wasn't so much to explain it uh, in a particular way. So, you know, when I grew up or when you grew up, you know, there was no iPad, there was no iPhone. That's right. My mother used to work. So when I would come back home, I had a nanny who used to take care of me. And um, he was a male, his name was Bhagwan, very aptly. And um, he would tell me stories from the Ramayana and the Mahabharata every day. Yeah. So imagine having a two-hour storytelling session and hearing about, you know, kings and queens and sort of the most uh, evil of adversaries. And I think that's where my love of mythology came from. So when I um, wanted to share these stories with my kids, that was the main motivation of sharing the stories that excited me so much when I was growing up and, you know, took me to a different place. Hmm. And over the years, I realized that mythology is also a great parenting tool. And uh, to elaborate on this, so if I tell my kids that, you know, be good, if you do this, if you're not good, the consequence is this, you know, if you behave in a certain way, I always find that the thing I'm preaching to them and they have no interest in listening to me. Mm. But if I can show them a character mm. from mythology, this would be any mythology, sure. because a good story is a good story, regardless of where it's from. Mm. Uh, but if I can show them a character like Krishna or Hanuman, or Krishna was naughty, he used to lie to his mother, he used to steal butter, he used to flirt with the women. But, you know, if I show them a story and tell them what he behaved and what happened, then they get it. And it's the same with Hanuman, I find. So I find these two characters very popular with kids. Mm. Um, you know, Hanuman was also naughty as a child, but he grew up to be such a great friend, so devoted, strong. He used to exercise, he used to work out, he was very knowledgeable. Yeah. So there are many such stories which, um, you know, which really show instead of telling. Mm. So I find that kids understand concepts, values of love, compassion through these stories much easier then, you know, kind of being preachy. So my first aim was to tell the stories in a way that would engage children. Yeah. And in a very non-preachy way. Yeah, yeah. So that was really the idea. So, Bhakti, I mean, you, you've been brought up in, in, the, in the Hindu family, right? And, and, you, and you have been grown up by what your mom and your dad and your elders have mentioned, right? But then sometimes, obviously, there's like a lie of how they give you stories. Did you do much of a research of of these stories? So, you know, luckily, um, there is a lot of research available and there's a lot of actual text. Yeah. So, you know, if I look at, for example, Krishna, there is the entire Bhagavatam which has been written, which has been translated. Same for Hanuman, there is a Ramcharit Manas yes. written by Tulsida. So I actually went back to the source yeah. uh, to study them. Yeah. Uh, and and that is a benefit. And of course, in a lot of the books, I put in stories that my mother or my grandmother would uh, tell us. So, for example, every Diwali, um, my grandma would tell us a story about how Lakshmi visits Earth, and one year she decided to go back because you know she thought people had become too greedy, and what were the consequences of that? Mm. So it's a mixture of what I grew up hearing and uh, going back to the actual text. Yeah. And that was uh, for me that was 
my favorite part. Research was my favorite part. And then in the Amma Tekmi series, which is on the places, there is so much research on, for example, Golden Temple, the Sikh history, yeah. or on uh, Shirdi, mm. uh, or on Darga of Srin Chishti. You know, there's so much written about the Mughal history. Yeah. Uh, so I think I was, uh, my problem was too much information available. Okay. Okay, okay. Which I then had to kind of see and yeah, uh, put it across in my own way. So the the other question that I had is that let's say you came up with all these books and you did, right? There are other authors which when they come up with these mythology uh, stories, sometimes they they kind of get in trouble so, because other people, they have different, different views of that story. Are you, aren't you afraid that people will come back to you and, and give you uh, negative uh, feedback on that? No, actually, I never, I never thought of it like that. And I've got a lot of feedback. Yeah. Uh, no, that actually never bothered me. Okay. Uh, somehow. No, it was really a labor of love for, for yeah. my children. And I was telling this story the way I wanted to. Yeah. So, but that's an interesting point to make. Because you know but what? So far... So I'll, I'll give you an example. So there there was, uh, yeah. obviously, you know, Amish uh, Tripathi, right? He, yes, the Shiva trilogy. The Shiva trilogy. And, and it seems like there's a big hoopla about his uh, book uh, in the beginning. Now people are understanding what he's trying to do. Uh, but in the beginning, it was a big hoopla as how he kind of diverted Shiva into a warrior and he's a simple person mm. and he's a basic human being and people didn't resonate uh, with that so i think maybe the thought process and or i should say the keyword is mindset right how do we change the mindset of people to explain that you know what these were people also and these are fairy tales and not take it seriously is that the right approach you think I think, uh, you know, I think Amish Tripathi's books have become very popular and a lot of authors have uh, written along the wings that you're talking about. And I, I think it probably takes time for people to understand. And maybe he was one of the, his books were one of the books that came out earlier. That's right. Uh, but yeah, I think it's probably widen our horizons. And at the end of the day, this is an author's interpretation. And I think that's right. as long as authors are sensitive, yeah. I think authors should have the freedom yeah. to portray characters in the way they see them. Yeah. I mean, that is originality, isn't it? That's right. That's right. Because I mean, uh, uh, in his uh, one of his interviews, he he mentioned this one line, and this one one line has stuck in my mind forever. Uh, you know, Shiva is the cool of the dudes of the dudes. You know, he, <laughs> so he's he is he is a very cool dude. Yeah. So I mean, when you explain that to people, it's it, you know, it's nothing wrong with it, and it's not negative. But you know. Not at all. And finally, children get it because the way I explain Shiva is very similar. So I have a book, Amma, uh, tell me about Ganesha. And in that, I always say that his parents are Shiva and Parvati. And every reading I've done, I say that, you know, Shiva was Shiva was this weird, he was kind of a bit of a weird fellow. Yeah. And the kids start laughing. Yeah. But he was a bit weird because, you know, he's married and he would leave Parvati and he would go off in the forest for days and days to meditate. You know, so that was upsetting for her. And when I say this to kids that he was a bit weird, they all get it. Yeah. They all understand. Yeah. So I think sometimes kids get things that adults miss. Yeah. And maybe because they're already in the back to basic mode, they're simple. Yeah. Yeah. You know? 
So do you think the way we are explaining to kids or the way we're telling stories uh, from maybe Amish or maybe you and maybe, uh, you know, Deepak Chopra and every other uh, authors out there and speakers out there, do you think we're we're doing like a reboot of uh, a mythology telling stories to make it more uh, visual, maybe? I don't know if, you know, I would call it a reboot, but I, from what you tell me and from what I'm seeing, I think there are attempts being made by authors or by people to portray things the way they see it. That's right. And they're being true to themselves yeah. in the way they are explaining things. And I think that is really wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It seems like there's a different way, a different prote of how to tell a story. And I think that's what people are trying to do. Um, like I'm trying to tell a story in my show and uh, and people are <laughs> li liking the way it is. So, so what is for the next five years? I know you explained that you have a whole bunch of series going on, but what is the next five years that I should or my audience should be looking out for you? Oh, wow. You're asking me for a five-year plan. Um, so it normally takes me, I would say, six to eight months to write a book. Okay. So I think I have, you know, quite a few lined up. And I haven't really thought of uh, or planned that much ahead because I started the books for my kids. So I think one of the things that I certainly want to do is follow the ages. So when I started, they were one and three. Now they're 11 and 13. So one of the things that has been on my mind is in Mahabharat. I always wanted to tell them Mahabharat, you know, in my way. And as you know, Mahabharat has so many adult topics. Sure. Um, I think that's something that I'm looking forward to uh, kind of interpreting in my own way and uh, telling them and, you know, probably writing about it. Yeah, that's going to be a tough topic, uh, honestly. And uh, and I'm, ex I'm excited that how you are going to, twist it and and tell the story to the kids also at the same time i mean your books is all about uh kids but i think it's also for the adults also uh but how do you actually it is not for the adults yeah yeah so it's seems... sorry please go ahead no 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 so it seems like i should subscribe to your books and uh, and get your uh, books too <laughs> i will i hope you will <laughs> yes yes of course definitely definitely so any last words that do you have for uh, Back to Basics? You know, one of the things, I think the best thing we can do uh, to bond with our children and also to give them a lifelong gift is to read to them. So this is really for all the parents uh, who have young kids and who have even older kids. I would just say read, read, read as much as you can uh, with them. My first memories and my fondest memories with my mother are sitting on her lap and her reading uh, you know, a book by Dr. Seuss, Horton Hears a Who. Yeah. And I think my love of reading actually started from there in the sense I was really made a reader on the lap of my mother uh, because I love listening to stories and she was a librarian. So I spent uh, many, many a summer holidays in, li in a library and, you know, I think they're inexpensive and effective babysitters. Yeah. Um, so I really got the love of reading and I think it's been a gift because, um, you know, you can travel with a book. It's such a rich interest to have yeah. and it fulfills your life. So I think uh, that's that's one thing I'd like to tell the listeners is read, read, uh, read as much uh, with them, read in front of them, uh, fill your house with books and, um, you know, reading really takes you places. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for uh, 
coming on my show and making my show a little brighter and uh hopefully oh, we'll, and hopefully we'll connect uh, even after the the show because i it seems like i want to pick your brain with all these different stories and maybe i want to give some two cents into that book also at the same time of course of course and it's really been a pleasure um sharing my journey with you thank yeah, you for inviting absolutely. thank you so much for uh, coming on my show thank you so guys today we spoke with uh, an author we we talked about the mythology and the storytelling how to tell the storytelling it is a very tough topic to talk about but how simple can we make it that's the key and that's what we did here so guys, as always, there is a quote of the day. The quote of the day is, mythology is a subjective truth. Every culture images life a certain way. So just like what I said, just make it very simple, very basic, and make sure that we resonate with these stories, these history stories, these fairy tale stories, and that's what we did. So guys, as always, as always, remember, Everything in life goes back to basics, and that's what we did today, guys. Guys, take care. God bless. Keep on subscribing me. Good comments, bad comments, either way. It will make my show stronger. I'll give you great content, great guest, and obviously great host. So, guys, take care. God bless. See you next week. God bless. Next week's episode on Back to Basics. From Mount Sinai back to Sharm el Sheikh in Egypt, hmm. and it was two Egyptian men. Hmm. And they got into a conversation, you know, why, you know, why do you support Israel? Why does America support Israel? Mm -hmm. And I had a whole conversation about the Society of America and how the majority of Americans have no idea about the politics over there. Yeah. They're, they're more worried about what they're going to buy on Amazon. That's right. <laughs> you know? That's right. And, and so, you know, we don't even think about it. So whereas for you, it's, it's right here and it's personal because it's, it's, it's every day you're living that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We're so far away. We, you know, it's so an interesting thing. So